Hey gamers, this is Joe from What I'm Playing Now, and I have episode 153 of the podcast that was originally recorded on March 18th of 2017. Some of the games I played this past week, a little role player, an interesting little dice chucking, dice manipulation type game where you're trying to fill out abilities for a role playing type character. I also played a little Adrenaline, a first person shooter board game, which works out pretty well. I also picked up and played Clank Sunken Treasures. Clank was my number three game of last year, and I will say this expansion is spectacular. I also talked about a few of the things that I want to play. Enjoy the episode. Hey gamers, welcome to the games. This is Joe Luzzi from What I'm Playing Now, and thank you for joining me for episode 153 of the What I'm Playing Now podcast. As always, you can send me some emails. Let me know what you're playing now. You can send those emails to whatimplayingnow at gmail.com. You can also join us in some conversations over on BoardGameGeek. We have a guild over there, guild number 2440. Join us over there and talk about some of the games you're playing. On Twitter, you can follow me at what I'm playing now. Don't forget to drop the G like I always say. On Facebook, just do a search for what I'm playing now. Our Google Plus page is plus.google.com slash the plus sign what I'm playing now podcast. And as always, our Twitch channel is twitch.tv slash what I'm playing now. All right, before we jump into what I'm playing now, let's have a little PSA and a little update on Arkham Files Investigators of Cleveland. We will have our next meetup tomorrow. Um, that will be the March 19th. In case if you listen to this on a later date, because I will probably not get this up until probably tomorrow morning, Sunday morning, and you probably only have a couple of hours to actually hear me say some of these things. But we're going to be meeting up at Recess Games and be playing on the first and third Sundays of each month. We're starting off playing the Arkham Horror Living Card Game. In a couple of months, I plan on maybe switching over to Mansions of Madness. If you would like to play any of the Fantasy Flight games that are based under the Arkham Files header of games that they offer, bring it on down to the store. Uh, there's usually a lot of people hanging out down there, and I'm sure you can probably find a couple of people that will be more than happy to join in a game of Arkham Horror, Eldritch Horror, Elder Sign, Whichever game you're looking to play, I've seen people during our normal Monday and Thursday night game groups playing Mansions of Madness down there. I've seen that being played multiple times, so I know there's people in the area playing these games. I'm trying to just get started some of the Arkham Horror Living Card game, see if we can maybe get a twice-a-month get-together to go through some of the scenarios for that. So I'm really looking forward to doing that. I know I already have a couple of new players scheduled tomorrow that I'm going to be teaching the game to. So I need to make sure I know my rules tomorrow and um, brush up on all those and get ready for some Arkham Horror fun. But all right, enough of the PSA. Let's jump into what I'm playing now. So when me and my buddies had gotten together last weekend, we had played a bunch of games. I believe the second game we had played for the night was actually Role Player, which, like I said in my last podcast, I was splitting off a lot of the games we played into two different episodes because this past week has been so crazy for me. I've only gotten to play pretty much one new thing, so I wanted to be able to talk about some other newer things on the show. So I left a couple of games from last week to this one. So we're going to talk about role player a little bit. Let's go through some of the setup sequence, play sequence and how the game is played and what the object of the game is. So role player is a dice manipulation game. And what you're doing essentially is rolling dice, placing them on a tableau in front of you. You're trying to fill out the abilities 
for a character. And the abilities, by abilities, I mean strength, dexterity, constitution, intelligence, wisdom, charisma. Basically, the stats that you're going to utilize if you are rolling up a like a D&D or a Pathfinder type character or for any of other role-playing game that you're doing. And based on some of the cards that you're going to be given, one of the cards is going to be a class card. You're going to try to get the dice in the different rows. Like for strength, if you were a sorcerer, you're looking to get your strength at 14 or higher, and that will give you one victory point. The best ability for a sorcerer, of course, would be intelligence. And if you can get a straight 18 on your dice, you will get four victory points. And there's going to be stars next to all of the different numbers that are on this class card that will show you the range or the number that you're going to need to be able to get victory points. One of the other cards you're going to be given to be placed on your character card is a backstory card. The backstory card is going to give you a little bit of what your character did before they became an adventurer. And you're going to try to place dice in a different in a different column spot based on the picture and try to match it the more of the colored dice that you can get to match the picture on that you have for your backstory you will get more victory points at the end of the game so as you can see what you're trying to do is you're trying to match up a lot of different things in this game and work for victory points one of the other cards that you're going to be given to be placed onto your character card is going to be an alignment card and just like alignment in most of your role-playing games, you have lawful, good, chaotic, evil. And you're going to have a little cube that you're going to be moving around. And some of the different cards, like a trait card that you can get later on in the market by purchasing it, will move this token around, as well as some of the other different abilities that you have that will let you normally manipulate dice. You can move this token around, and you're going to try to move that wooden token into the area where you can actually get victory points. There are some spots on this alignment card that will remove victory points. There are some spots that will give you nothing, and then there are some spots that will actually give you victory points. So after choosing first player, like I mentioned, you're going to have a character sheet in front of you. The character sheet is double-sided. The only difference between the two sides is that there is a male picture on one side or female on the other. Other than that, the stats and everything else on the card is exactly the same. All players start off with five gold. The, thir the third player is going to start off with one additional gold. And the fourth player is going to start off with two additional gold. Everybody's going to draw a random die, and that random die, whatever color it is, that's going to be the class card that you're going to obtain. So if you draw white, I believe your choices are going to be maybe like sorcerer and wizard. And you can choose either side of the card. And either side of the card will pretty much have different dice totals that you're going to be getting or trying to obtain during the game to fill in those abilities as well as give you a special ability that you can use once per turn or depending on what you're doing like the sorcerer is after buying a trait card you may take an intelligence attribute action so what that's basically saying is during the market phase if you were to acquire a trait card you can look at the type of die the, the way you can manipulate your die for the intelligence attribute, and then take that type of action and, and essentially manipulate one of your dice. And manipulating the dice is definitely the key to this game. And trying to plan out 
what you're going to do and when and what spaces to leave open at the end of the game because once it gets down to the last couple of dice trying to fill those in if you don't get a good number and you don't have re and you can't get a reroll or something it the game's going to get really tricky and there's a lot of thinking that you're going to need to do and there were a couple of times where some of us sat there for about a minute or so as we were trying to think where to place the dice based on the number based on the color trying to match for the backstory card and there's just a lot of different things going on in the game. So after you're going to grab that class card, like I mentioned before, you'll also get the backstory and alignment card. There's a player aid card, which basically gives you a summary of the game, as well as some points that will, how the end game stuff will be totaled up. You're going to create the market deck, and the market deck is something you need to watch out for because there's two different sets of cards. One set of cards will have one dot in the upper right-hand corner, I believe. The other set will have two dots. You're going to want to keep those separated Shuffle them independently because the one dot cards will need to sit on top of the cards with two dots on them because you're going to want to go through those single dot cards first because the second dot cards or the ones with two dots on them are cards that are going to be a little better and you don't want to experience those until later in the game. Like I mentioned before, you're going to have two wooden tokens that you're going to be able to be using on your uh, alignment card and save the other one for scoring at the end of the game, which is the back of the player aid is actually a scoring card. You're going to place out market cards that are equal to one plus the number of players. So we had three players for our game. So we put out four market cards and the market cards are going to consist of weapons, which are going to provide you pretty much ongoing abilities or bonuses. And you're going to need to keep in mind that you only have two hands, just like in real life. So some weapons will have a one-hand symbol in the lower right-hand corner, I believe it is. Others will have a two-hand symbol. So you can never have more than two-handed weapons, a, a two-handed weapon or two single-handed weapons in your hand at one time. Armor cards are going to be one of the other types of cards. Armor cards are going to be a set collection type. So you're going to want to try to collect multiple types of chain, leather, or mystic armor cards. And the more of those individual types that you collect, the more victory points you'll be able to get at the end of the game. Skill cards are going to give you special abilities that you're going to be able to use during the game. You can use as many skills as you want on your turn. But during the upkeep phase, or the cleanup phase, I guess you, I should say, only one skill card can refresh at a time. So if you went through and you had three skill cards sitting there and you used them all in one turn, during your cleanup phase, you're only going to be able to reactivate one of those cards so it could be used again. So those ability cards, those skill cards, are something you really want to pay attention to when you're using them and when you're going to be able to bring one of them back if it's one that you like and you like using it repeatedly. There are also going to be trait cards. Anytime you take a trait card, it's going to move the token on your alignment card. Those trait cards will also give you different things during the game, and you can collect as many trait cards as you want as well as as many skill cards as you want throughout the game. Armor is another thing you can collect as much as you want. There's no encumbrance or no keeping track of armor. Weapons is the one thing you're really limited with due to the number of hands you have. Uh, also during setup, you're going to place initiative cards. The initiative cards are going to be used during um, the dice phase. Dice are going to be placed on here and then everybody's going to take one initiative card with die on the, with the dice on there. The two center cards are going to have a gold on there. So if you take one of those center initiative cards, you're also going to get to keep that gold. You're going to start with a 
handful, I don't want to say handful of dice. We played with three players, so everybody started out drawing seven dice from the bag and then placing those onto your ability card. You're going to need to place the cards in the leftmost spots on the ability cards, and you don't get to take any of the actions for when you place those dice. So if you were placing a strength and the strength lets you flip a die over to its opposite side, I think that's what strength does. You can't do that during this phase of the game. You're going to roll the starting dice and then arrange those on the character sheet. If you have gold dice, you will get one gold for each gold dice that you're placing on that ability sheet during that time. And then you're going to begin with the start player. And the start player is going to start off by basically taking four, card, four dice. Since we were playing with three players, you're taking one dice per initiative card. And you're going to roll them. And then in numerical order, you're going to put those on the one through four initiative cards. If you have two dice that are the same number, the person whose turn it is is going to pick which color they want on which particular initiative number. Everybody in turn order is going to get to choose an initiative card. And what these initiative cards allow you to do, the lower number that you take, the first you're going to be the one who will get to purchase the market cards first during the market phase. And you can, during the market phase, Everybody's going to get to purchase one card if they want to, and if you don't purchase a card, you need to discard one of the cards from the market and you will obtain two gold. You need to do one of those two things during the market phase, which is buying a card or discarding a card and getting two gold. This is not optional. You have to do one of those two types of actions. During the cleanup phase, you're going to discard any charisma tokens that you obtained. Charisma tokens are going to be given to you for placing a die on your charisma ability. They are essentially just a free gold that have to be used during that market phase. They are not carried over from round to round. You're also going to allow be allowed to refresh a skill card, like I mentioned before. You're going to return any of the unused dice to the bag, so if there is one die still left in the center of the table because you have four initiative cards, there is going to be one die left, you're going to put that back into the bag. You're going to draw new market cards. You're going to re-add gold to the two center initiative cards. And remember, if there is already a gold on there, there can never be more than one gold on one of those initiative cards. You're going to pass the bag of dice to the player on your left. Rinse and repeat until all of your abilities are filled in on your character sheets. So it is, I don't want to say it's a time game. You pretty much know when the game is going to end. It, you'll never be surprised about this because everybody's going to be placing the same type, the same number of dice each turn on their ability sheets and everybody's pretty much knows what's coming up. So you really need to plan accordingly for the end of the game and which dice you're going to try to fill in last, what abilities you may not be too worried about. I believe I was playing the Sorcerer and I pretty much kind of ignored strength. My strength had to be a 14 plus. I was just throwing dice in there that I didn't want because strength for me was only one victory point. I was trying to get, playing the Sorcerer, I was trying to get a solid 18, a straight 18 in dice in my intelligence because that will give me four victory points at the end of the game based on my class card. So there's a lot of different ways you're going to be getting victory points. You're going to be getting victory points from your class card. You're going to be getting victory points from your backstory based on the colored dice that you put in different spots in the column spots on the on your character sheet. You're also going to get possibly more points for your alignment where you have your alignment token. Also, 
some of the cards that you have, like I said, armor cards are going to give you victory points at the end of the game based on set collection. So there's a lot of different ways to obtain victory points in this game. And you kind of have to figure out which ways you want to concentrate on. It's, it's probably a good idea to try to just get as much as you can and just hit all the different areas and not really concentrate on one necessary. I know I try to concentrate quite a bit on collecting a lot of different armor sets. Armor sets are something that you can have multiple of. So you can have as many pieces of armor that you want, but weapons is where you're limited based on number of your number of hands. You only have two hands, so you can only have either two one-handed weapons or, you know, a single dual-handed weapon. So my buddies and I thought this game was actually really good for a dice manipulation game. I, I think there's... I, I think I mentioned at the beginning, there's like 73 dice in this. So it comes with a huge bag of dice. So if you like chucking dice and you like trying to do like set collection, and I think it's really interesting just trying to fill in all the different abilities and all the different kind of classes that they actually have in the game and how they've made them all feel differently and given each one different areas to concentrate on. So every game is going to be completely different that you're playing because you're going to have every time you're going to have a different class a different backstory and a different alignment card and you're also going to have different market cards that are coming out which are going to affect how you play the game so there's a lot of replayability in this game i have a feeling this game isn't going to get stale for quite a while and there's also an expansion that's going to be coming out which we will talk about under the what i want to play now part of the show but i will say role player i had a good time with it i really enjoyed it my buddies did too i think actually a couple of them actually went out and picked it up after we played this so if that is any idea of how the game actually plays we had a good time with it after that we played a game of adrenaline This was a game that I don't currently have in my collection. I don't have the rules in front of me, so we're just going to go over Adrenaline at a very, very high level. I'm not going to go too detailed in the rules like I just did with Roleplayer. I normally like to do that for at least one game during the week, and Roleplayer was that game for this week. And, well, the game after Adrenaline, I guess we'll go over a little bit as well, but it's an expansion, so we don't have to, we won't be going into it to too much detail. But Adrenaline from CGE is a really cool game. It is a first person shooter board game. Everybody has a character that they're going to be playing. Everybody's going to spawn at a different spot on the board. On your turn, you're going to have a couple of actions that you can do, and the actions that you can actually do on your turn are going to be affected by how much damage your character actually has taken. The more damage you take, the more your adrenaline is going to get going, and the more you're actually going to be able to do. So normally at the beginning of a turn, you're going to be able to do one of a couple of things. You can maybe move one to three squares. You can do a move one square and then pick up some pick up an action. So if there is a tile in one of the squares that will give you some resources, you can move one square and pick up those resources. Or you can move into a room and then maybe pick up a weapon. You can only have three weapons on your character at any one time. So if at any time you pick up a fourth weapon, you need to discard a weapon back into the weapon cache on that turn. You can also then play a weapon card and essentially just try to start shooting your opponents. And that's pretty much the object of the game. You are running around a map, picking up resources. The resources are going to allow you to purchase weapons as well as reload those weapons. And then you're just going to try to just shoot the hell out of each other. And it sounds like a crazy idea for a board game, but I will say it works really well. We had a great time with it. It was, I was really surprised at how much I actually liked it. 
I'm a little bummed that it actually is a three-player game. You need three three players to actually play it. I don't think you can play it with two players. Um, I'm a little bummed that it is a three-player game because I wouldn't mind playing this one a little bit more. But we had a good time with it. And I think one of my other buddies actually who hadn't owned this went out and bought this one as well. So sometimes when you get together with friends and you actually sit around and play some games, it's really cool how they can introduce you to a game that they really like that they have in their collection. And you're like, you know, I want that in my collection too. And before you know it, it is added to your collection. Adrenaline is one that probably will not, like I said, get added to my collection, not because it's a bad game, mainly because it's a three-player game. And normally here at the house, it's me and the wife until we actually start having more people over to possibly play. I've been trying to stay away from some of the three-player games because those will only be played very at, during very limited times. So Adrenaline, though, is a game that we had a great time with. Um, after you actually kill your, you know, kill one of your opponents, they're you know, tokens are going to, their character is going to get removed from the board. Their whole board kind of resets, except the weapons that they have stay in place. You will then decide who actually had the first shot on them, who did the killing shot, and then who did the most damage. And then victory points are going to be awarded. And you're going to be basically collecting victory points throughout the whole game based on just how much you're shooting each other and how much you're able to kind of kill each other. Like I said, crazy idea for a board game. But it does work great in the format that it is. We played on one of the smaller maps. I definitely wouldn't mind playing with more people on one of the larger maps and just seeing how crazy and hectic it gets with three. It was just crazy fun just running around, just shooting each other with all the different weapons and the different abilities that some, some of the weapons give you. So if you haven't had a chance to play Adrenaline, definitely check this one out from CGE. I really liked it. Everybody in my group liked it. And it was just a really cool game. All right, and then last night... I stopped down at the local game store, picked up my copy that I had pre-ordered of Clank Sunken Treasures. So Clank was my number three board game of last year at the end of 2016. My wife and I really enjoy Clank. We've played the hell out of it. And every time we play it, I think we're still seeing new cards and some different things. Using the app the last time we played was a lot of fun. So being able to play Sunken Treasures with a whole new board and a couple of new things added to it was actually just pretty cool. So let's actually talk about what comes in this this smaller box than the actual board game. You're going to get a another double-sided board game. So now you have four different boards to decide from playing. You're going to be given a small little market board that has a seven gold token on there. And essentially what that's going to be used for, it's going to be used as a tile that you can put all of the little market components on there that can be purchased from the markets, just as an area to kind of keep them off the board and all in one place. Because they did add a new market tile to this game, and that is the scuba. We'll talk about that in a minute. You're also going to get 35 more dungeon deck cards. They do have a little wave on the cards, so you can kind of see what cards are actually from the Sunken Treasures expansion. You can also utilize these cards in the base game, even if you're not playing with the Sunken Treasure board. So you don't ever have to really worry about removing them from the game once you get them all shuffled in. You also have a new monster that you can attack each round besides the goblin. It's a little goldfish. If you're in one of the water-filled rooms for three attack symbols, you can actually kill him and get three gold. You're also going to be given a major secret two minor secrets, and then, like I mentioned, the two little scuba helmets. And the two little scuba helmets, I've noticed, my wife and I, that was the first thing we bought from the marketplace because there are areas on the board where there is a kind of like a little flipper, flipper symbol next to a little boot symbol. 
if you ever want to move through that area and you don't have the scuba helmet, it's going to cost you two movement points to move through there. If you have the scuba helmet, it's just going to cost you one normal movement to move through there. Also, whenever you're in one of the water-filled rooms, if you don't make it out of one of those and you're in one of those at the beginning of your turn, you're going to take damage because you didn't come up for air. So without having that scuba gear, which will let you avoid that damage, I actually took a couple of damage at the beginning of the game because I jumped in a water room, wasn't paying attention that that was in the rules. And I was like, okay, I am starting to take damage and I was not drawing movement cards. So I got stuck in one of the water filled rooms for a round, which kind of sucked, but it was, we were learning the new game. And I know now not to go into the water rooms without being able to get out or without being able to get, have the scuba gear. One of the other things that you're going to run into possibly is kind of like a little splash symbol that is going to be in between some of the rooms. That is going to be clank that you're going to need to take because you're going to be jumping down into water. So if you're going from a room without water into a room with water, some of them based on distance or just based on where it's at on the board, you're going to be making noise jumping into the water and you're going to take clank by doing that. There are also some new spots on the board. There's treasure rooms. Every time you land in one of the treasure rooms, you're going to get the number of gold shown. Most of the times, I think it's just one. The new major secret that comes with this game is called a potion of heroism. It basically gives you a boot, a sword, and allow you to heal one damage. You can keep that until you want to utilize it and then use it whenever you want. My wife actually kept it till she had some damage and then used it actually at a really good time to where it was really beneficial to her. There's also some new card effects, discarding. Some of the cards will say um, when you discard this, you can do five cards. So the example that they give you is sleight of hand, which is discard a card to draw two cards. So if you were to discard the coin purse, actually, in during your turn, you would get five gold because you discarded the coin purse. And it says when you discard this card, you get five gold. So that's a really interesting action to take. And that was something I had to read a couple of times because it didn't click at first what that actually meant. But then once I got it, my wife and I looked at each other we were like, oh, okay, that's actually rather easy. And that was silly. We didn't get it. But the way it was worded on the instructions, I had a little bit of a little bit of trouble with that. But one, we sat there, read it a few times, got it all figured out. And that's pretty much all of the new stuff that comes with sunken treasure, but I will sunken treasures, but I will say Great, great game. We've only played one side of the board so far. We can't wait to get to try the other side of the board. When we were playing, we both made it out. I didn't think I was going to because my wife made it out a couple of turns before me. And we had the dragon up to five. And she was already on the first, moving into the second starred spot. And I had, I will say, a lot of clank in the bag. For some reason, this game that we had played, I just had... I was just collecting clank and I wasn't getting any of the cards that were allowing me to thin out my deck any, whereas my wife had some of those and she had gotten rid of the stumble cards to get rid of the clanks. So she wasn't putting as much in. So I was playing as blue. She was playing as red. And let me tell you, there was a lot of blue in that bag and I was taking a lot of damage trying to get my butt back above ground. But we both made it out successfully. I somehow squeaked ahead. Um, by just purchasing, I think, cards. I was I was trying to be cognizant when I was purchasing my cards and not only purchasing cards for the abilities that they offered, but also the victory points that they had in the upper right-hand corners at the end of the game. And I had a few more cards that had victory points than her at the end of the game. And 
other than that, we were pretty much even on all other parts of the game as far as scoring goes. But I just had a few more cards for, from her, you know, over her in the scoring department. So that kind of eked me out the win. So I was a little happy because this is a game I normally don't win. So when I do win, I, I get a little excited. So that is Clank Sunken Treasures. Check that one out. If you have not played Clank yet, like I said, great game from Renegade Games. You definitely need to check out Clank. Like I said, that was my number three game last year of 2016. And the Sunken Treasures expansion, I have a feeling, is going to be just as popular as the main game. It's a great expansion. I really enjoy it. All right, let's jump over to a few of the things that I want to play now before we end out this episode. So as I was going through Board Game Geek and looking at a bunch of different things, role players actually coming out with an expansion called Monsters and Minions. So not only are you going to be trying to roll and manipulate dice to get your abilities to be the best that they can to match the class and everything else that you have going on, you're going to try to also make sure your character can possibly beat some beat some monsters and minions at the end of the game. That sounds like that could be a hell of a lot of fun because you're basically expanding on this really cool concept and then utilizing what you're building to see if what you built is actually usable and viable to possibly fight something or kill something at the end of the game. I think that's a great idea, cool concept. Can't wait to see role-player monsters and minions. Also, one of the other games that I've had on my wish list for a while, the... King Ludwig game. There is a new one, The Palace of Mad King Ludwig, which almost sounds like it's an easier version than Castles of Mad King Ludwig from what I'm from what I'm reading on Board Game Geek, but it sounds like this one's kind of interesting. It looks like they're changing up the tiles. It looks like there's a moat component to the game where during your turn you're going to be placing pieces into the moat. And once the moat is fully connected, that's going to signify the end of the game. But it sounds like you can the players can control when this game is going to end. So, you know, based on how good you're doing, you may want to extend the game a little bit to get some more points and get some more tiles on the board. Or if you're ahead in the game, you feel, you may want to try to close off that mode as soon as possible and try to end the game for scoring purposes. So I'm interested to see how this one's going to be. I have not picked up Castles yet. Castles has been on my wish list for a while. It's a game that just keeps get, getting pushed off because this past week, not only did I pick up Clank, but I also picked up Arc Arcadia Quest. Arcadia Quest is a game that I've been wanting to pick up for a little while now as well. I had mentioned before I had been doing a lot of research on dungeon crawler games, and Arcadia Quest, I think, is going to be one of the best fits for my wife and I. I mentioned before we used to be huge Mage Knight dungeon fans, and when I showed her Mage Knight and she started reading the box and looking through some of the game, she said, we need to play this immediately. So I will be punching that out and sleeving that up tomorrow, and hopefully we will be getting Arcadia Quest to the table, and I will be able to talk about that one on some future podcasts. But other than that, that brings us to the end of episode 153. Those are the games I played for the week, and those are a few of the games that I want to play. So until next time, as always, send me some emails. Let me know what you're playing now. You can send those emails to what I'm playing now at gmail.com. You can also join us in some conversations over on Board Game Geek. We have a guild over there, guild number 2440. On Twitter, just follow me at What I'm Playing Now. Don't forget to drop the G, like I always say. On Facebook, just do a search for What I'm Playing Now. Our Google Plus page is plus.google.com slash the plus sign. What I'm Playing Now podcast. And then, as always, our Twitch channel is twitch.tv slash What I'm Playing Now. Thanks for joining me, everybody, for another episode. But you know what to do. Go play some games and then let me know what you're playing now. Until next week, go play some games and have a great one. I will talk to you later. Thanks for joining me. Bye-bye.